0: This is Vincent, and you're listening to Liberal Lies, Liars, and True Believers. We all know that liberals lie. They lie all the time. And their friends in the media lie, too. Their uninformed true believers claim that liberals are the smartest people in the room. But facts prove that wherever they have power, there is only failure. Our job is to expose their lies, to stand up to their lies, and to keep our freedom. Well, it looks like Joe Biden is going to win this election. I know Donald Trump has a slight chance to win. But to win, he'd need multiple miracles, and they're in very short supply. Donald Trump just couldn't overcome the COVID-19 crisis and the enormous media bias and his own huge mistakes. He couldn't pull out the victory. The good news is that it looks like Republicans will hold the United States Senate, so that means they'll be gridlocked at least for the next two years. The fact that neither side will be able to push their own agenda might be a good thing for America. At least it means that packing the court and socialized medicine are off the table for at least two years, until the midterm elections in 2022. A lot of people are going to talk about the bias in the media and the cheating in some states as the reasons why the president lost. And make no mistake, those things did contribute to his loss. But it wasn't the biggest reason that Joe Biden won. When all is said and done, this election should have been a cakewalk for the president. He never should have lost. If the election was about the issues alone, it would have been no contest. But the Trump campaign didn't even start to focus on the issues until it was too late. Never in the history of politics was there a worse campaign strategy than this one. No campaign has ever done a better job of ignoring the great accomplishments they achieved. It seemed that every time they'd do something great, they'd immediately change the subject and focus on attacking someone instead of talking about their successes. I believe the biggest reason he lost was the uncontrollable urge of Donald Trump to push the envelope, to see how close he could come to the fire without being burned up to see how close he could come to committing political suicide before those urges eventually caught up to him and cost him the win. He could have won. He should have won. He could have overcome the bad publicity of the COVID crisis, but he was stubborn. When we first learned about the coronavirus, he didn't do a very good job of sharing information with the public, and he did not spell out his plan for dealing with it. Oh, he did have a plan, and it was a good plan, considering the fact that no one knew anything about the coronavirus, not anyone in the world, and nobody had any idea of what they were dealing with or how to get it under control. He closed the borders and he mobilized companies to manufacture ventilators and masks and other medical supplies, and he put the search for a vaccine and drugs to mitigate the effects of the disease on a fast track. Those actions were commendable, and they saved lives, too. What he didn't do was to talk about the things he was doing in the overall context of a strategy. And he held those rambling press conferences where it looked like he had no plan, when in fact he did. Then there was the thing with the masks, where he sounded like he was against wearing a mask before he was for wearing a mask. His presentation of what his administration was doing to fight the virus was terrible. His plan was sound. His presentation of that plan was awful it was amateur hour and it cost him and the perceived lack of compassion it didn't help either his ability to make people focus on him instead of his accomplishments was uncanny and it hurt him terribly when vice president mike pence did that wonderful job in his debate against kamala harris it could have helped the campaign immeasurably but what did donald trump do The very next morning, he said he would cancel his second debate with Joe Biden because it was going to be virtual instead of in person. Instead of talking about how great Mike Pence did, everyone then started talking about the president. I mean, you have to remember, Joe Biden is still the worst candidate ever to run for president. So losing to him is no small feat. You have to really work at it. And as I've said before, Donald Trump is his own worst enemy. He's always pushing that self-destruct button that we all have implanted in our brain, the thing that we use to trigger the worst forms of the self-fulfilling prophecy. The fact is, we're all our own worst enemy, and we have to fight the constant urge to self-destruct. Isn't that a big part of life for everyone? The difference is that most people overcome the urge, and they go on to live relatively normal lives. But President Trump doesn't seem to have any mechanism to control that natural urge to self-destruct. He's a man who needs to have enemies, people to play off of. It gets his adrenaline pumping. But his urge to fight everyone and do it in such a confrontational manner hurt him with suburban women and independent voters, too. Many women don't like to hear anyone raise their voice. Yes, they're snowflakes in every sense of the word. And these women are as much to blame as Donald Trump for losing this election. Are they crazy? They couldn't be bothered to see how electing Joe Biden could hurt them and their families? They refuse to put the well-being of their own families ahead of their feelings. These women are idiots, plain and simple. And they need to grow up and look at reality. Bad decisions lead to bad outcomes. Your self-destructive decision to vote for Joe Biden is as bad or worse as Donald Trump's behavior. But that doesn't excuse Donald Trump's over-the-top confrontational behavior either. And it doesn't excuse the fact that he's always trying to start fights with his perceived enemies. And that's a turnoff to a lot of people. It's an example OF HIS INABILITY TO CONTROL HIS SELF-DESTRUCTIVE URGES. IT MAKES MANY PEOPLE UNEASY. IT MAKES THEM WONDER IF HIS IRRATIONAL URGES ARE A SYMPTOM OF SOMETHING SINISTER LURKING IN HIS MIND. THEY WONDER WHY A PERSON NEEDS TO SPEND AS MUCH TIME AS HE DOES CONFRONTING PEOPLE, INSTEAD OF TRYING TO REACH OUT TO THEM, INSTEAD OF TRYING TO CHANGE THEIR MINDS. ONCE YOU'VE INSULTED SOMEONE, THEY TAKE IT PERSONALLY. And most people don't forget the insult, and their urge will be to get even, not work with you. He was absolutely right to pick a fight with the media. The media is totally corrupt and biased, and not just here in America either, but pretty much all over the world. They're elitist, and they hate anyone who doesn't agree with them. They're dishonest, and they cover up every mistake made by the left. And worse, they're globalist. They see global world government as the only path to peace and prosperity. They see a unified global government as a good thing, instead of what it really is, the biggest threat to humanity and freedom, because the government they envision will be intolerant and authoritarian. When he started attacking the media and confronting them, he was cheered by a lot of people, me included. They needed to be confronted, when he called them the enemy of the state He was right. They are the enemy of free speech, and they support taking away our freedoms, like the Second Amendment, and they would support changing the Constitution. They believe the elite should rule without opposition, and they hate anyone with opinions that are the opposite of theirs. His mistake was attacking them personally instead of attacking their ideas and their ideology, and he did that with a lot of people attacking them instead of their ideas. It made him look like a bully instead of someone standing up for our rights. And snowflakes, they couldn't take it. So they voted against him. Personal attacks can be funny, but not everyone in your audience laughs at them. The more he did it, the more people he turned off. This isn't a comedy club where you can insult your audience and they'll laugh at the insult. This is politics, and you lose votes every time you insult someone instead of attacking their ideas. Insulting their ideas is perfectly acceptable. But when you have a far-left media distorting and magnifying your every word, you need to make your attacks impersonal. The fact that he fought for America against bad trade deals, and that he did such a great job with the economy, was unprecedented. His foreign policy, especially in the Middle East, will change the world for the better. But he could have taken a lesson from himself, and used those same tactics when dealing with Democrats in the media. He hardly ever badmouthed any foreign leaders. He attacked their ideas and their behaviors. He's been criticized so much for not personally attacking the leaders of Russia or China. I wonder, if he had gone after their ideas and their behaviors without going after them personally, would that have made a difference? I'm not sure about that. I know I fully support his position that the American media is terribly dishonest, and so are members of the Democratic Party, especially those who claim not to be socialist, when they obviously hate capitalism and support limiting our freedom. If he had four more years, he could have done so much for America, but he won't be leading the country anymore, and we'll have to fight like hell to maintain our freedom and our Constitution." and the very way that we're governed. It promises to be the fight of our lives. And that makes it so terrible that this was completely avoidable if he had simply been able to control his own self-destructive behavior. I'm not saying that he shouldn't have fought the media and the Democrats. He could have done that fiercely, but it could have been impersonal, and that might have turned the tide in this election. One good thing out of all of this is that The Republican and Democratic parties will be forever changed from this point on. The Democrats are now clearly the party of the elites, and the Republicans are the party of the people. This is the way it is in much of the world, and I hate it, but that's the way it is. In many countries, people have accepted that terribly flawed idea that these so-called smart people should be in control. America was always the exception. Anyone could be president. But maybe this is the end of that concept, the concept that everyone should have control over their own lives. And if that's true, God help us all. American political parties are completely different than before he was elected. Now everything is out in the open. It's no secret anymore that the left will only accept total power and control. They are the elites, and we're not. The only question left to decide is, Will we let them have the control that they're demanding? Can we make enough people see how unhealthy this is for democracy? Can we get them to see how important it is to maintain our freedom? Or will we give up to the elites, as so many people around the world have already done? I don't know the answer to that question. What I do know is that when we look back at this election, only one person is responsible for the loss, and that's Donald Trump and his self-destructive need to make enemies. And I believe that one enemy that he made may have cost him this election, and that was Senator John McCain of Arizona. I believe that John McCain reached out from the grave and cost the president four more years in office. If President Trump had won Arizona, he would have picked up 11 critical electoral votes. It would have opened up multiple paths to victory. But when he lost that state... It made his chances of winning all but disappear. Everyone remembers the personal animosity between these two men. And remember, John McCain was very good at making enemies, too. Two men who loved to fight. Two men who should have been allies. This is one enemy Donald Trump never needed. In 2016, McCain was still alive, and he helped Trump in Arizona. He didn't help a lot, but he didn't support Hillary Clinton, either. But after the election, the animosity between the two increased, and they officially became enemies. And nowhere was that more evident than when John McCain became the deciding vote in the Senate, when he voted to keep Obamacare, and his vote cost Trump a huge victory. After that, simple animosity became a vendetta. In this election, John McCain's wife, Cindy, actively campaigned against the president. She even ran ads on television. She was keeping the feud between the two men alive. Arizona had not voted for a Democrat since 1992, but they voted for Joe Biden because for all his faults, John McCain was loved in Arizona. He was a war hero, and Trump was his mortal enemy. I have loved the way President Trump has fought for America and the American people, but I believe the fight between these two men a fight that Trump initiated, a fight he never needed, cost him this election. A good rule of life is to always pick your friends and your enemies very carefully, and breaking that rule in politics can be fatal to your political future.